0: Let me tell you guys, I hope this is gonna be a decent podcast here. Today is friggin' 10 December 2020. It was a beautiful day. It was like 40s, I think maybe a high of 50. And blue skies. Now it's chilled out a little bit, 36 degrees. It was a good day. Today was a good day. You know, I um, woke up and had a meeting real quick. And then I went and got tested as I've shared with you. It is my ambition to get tested as often as possible. uh, Screening myself for the uh, coronavirus. I want to make sure that I'm doing all the right things in order to protect the people in my life. So that is my family, that is my friends, my patients. I, I do contact a lot of folks coming in uh, to get, you know, relieve their pain, their back pain, and, and rehabilitate them physically. And uh, so I can't socially distance in my job. I need, people need me to, needing their backs, right? Needing the muscles, manipulating the joints, stretching things, mobilizing all the various procedures that I do. You know, your back hurts bad enough, believe me, you'll be going out. You'll be leaving the house, putting on your mask and coming to our very safe facility to relieve the problem. And you can do it very safely live in a very troubled time with this pandemic has been discussed at length you know this week i've had friends that i know uh and love that have been diagnosed with coronavirus and they're dealing with it now You know, i have a friend whose grandmother is in the hospital this moment with covid and uh related pneumonia and so um I have people that will call my office and say, hey, you know, I've got a little scare going on here. I'm going to get tested, so I will reschedule my appointment. I'm reading in the news headlines about numbers that have climbed that are beyond the numbers dead, courtesy 9-11, in those four terrorist attacks. Our numbers were that high yesterday. You You might have seen that graph. It was like the Galveston, Texas, uh, hurricane that killed a bunch of people, eight thousand, I thought, in one day, in whatever year, eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, or something. And then there's things like the war, the Battle of Antietam in the Civil War, and then uh, 9/11 was, you know, broke records in terms of Americans dead on one day tragic things, you know. And so just as a comparison, this pandemic is no fucking joke, my friends. And it's hurting people. It's changing the way we live. You know, today we got more restrictions that have been passed down. They were anticipated. This is in Pennsylvania. Uh, Other states are doing various, their versions of this. And meanwhile, our president, Dick St. Donald, is more interested in trying to overturn an election. And he's still <clears throat> uh, polarizing our society. He is kind of a virus. And that is fucking with our. He's done that every day for the past four years with his misinformation and his lies and his. Um, his negativity, he's polarized, that is, to separate people and make people fearful. He's done that. However, there's been a, although a shrinking number of people, as per the polls, there's still people who support him and think that we should give him a second term. You out of your fucking mind. The point is, he's not doing shit about the pandemic. I'm sure he'll he'll try to take... um, Credit for the vaccine campaign, although it doesn't seem like they had any, they've they've made any significant headwork or headway, rather, on scheduling it and and really, you know, implementing it. He's too busy trying to overturn an election. It just fucking, it's not about you, bro. So obviously, no fan of his, and neither is our Supreme Court. He's lost all of, pretty much all of his uh, lawsuits that they've tried to use to overturn the election. Anyway, It's a fucked up time, is my point. But restrictions were, i um, have been implemented, have been kind of relegated to the states to do this. So Governor Wolf in Pennsylvania, he's uh, imposing restrict restrictions, which is no in-person dining. Uh, it's, I guess it's only going takeout. And bars, you know, they're going to be people ain't going in bars again. Uh we got some uh, you know, I I I've talked about this with friends. <clears throat> trying to stay reasonable, trying to be balanced in my in my understanding about this whole thing. You know, I'm a family man, I'm a businessman. I know people from every walk of life. I love them. I do anything for people. Um I my heart bleeds for people whose businesses are closing. If you own a bar, a restaurant, and you can't put people in seats, uh, or even if the government were to say that that's unsafe, you know that means that you're going to lose revenue. You're going to probably have to close your doors unless we do something to save people. I don't know that we can save all these restaurants and bars. You know, it's just not going to. You know, something's got to. We have to prioritize. We have to conduct a risk versus benefit analysis. Should I do this? You know, if we do this, well, what's going to happen? You know, if we don't do this, what's going to happen? So apparently, the public health apparatus has done that, and our governor has decided that it's in our best interest to impose some restrictions. That means there's not going to be any sports or extracurricular activities, gyms, all that shit is going to go away for, again for a while until the new year or or for a while. And so they're going to do this, not forever, but for, um, I guess, until the new year. And hopefully by then we'll have some, it'll give us some room to breathe. Maybe it gives hospitals, it reduces the spread for a while, gives hospitals an opportunity and clinicians an opportunity to get ahead of this thing. Uh, Sacrifices are going to have to be made again and perhaps again and again. And it's going to be a rough ride. And perhaps none of us are going to be spared from sacrifices, but hopefully we'll all be alive. You know, 300,000 people have died to date, officially, of COVID-19. And that's a conservative estimate. All right. So how many is it okay for them to die? How many people? before we say, okay, you know, we need to do something about this. Well, if we could do this, if we had done this, would it have saved lives? It's the question. So, um, it's tough. It's tough to make these decisions. And the decisions are, are uh, made by people in political power. And I don't think that they're made with any sort of malice In fact, they're trying to help people and save lives. But there's people making all kinds of memes and have all kinds of negative things to say about the governor and about the people making these decisions. And they're just trying to help. You know, they don't want to take anything away from anybody or strip anybody of their rights. um, Which we hold so dear in America. And, And appropriately so. But as I've said before, I feel like we have so many freedoms and so many rights... That we really we we have no, um, you know, we make it our business just because we have the rights to exercise them. You know, like we we frivolously exercise our rights. I don't think that uh, a couple weeks of closure of very vari- of businesses that have been. Uh, it has been determined, put us at risk given the close contact, the inability to socially distance, um, and the saliva and the close quarters. It it puts people at risk. And so now is the time we're going to start to hear more and more of this. Like Churches are exempt. So people can worship and I'm sure that churches are trying to. Most churches are trying to be um, sensible about this in how they allow people to worship. But we all know and have heard that it's not a place that you know. Church, God is not found under a roof necessarily. It's He's within your heart. He's, you have a relationship with Him. So, yeah, you want to be connected with your church, you know, your flock. It's understandable. Uh, can we do so in a safe way that so that nobody dies? Because if I was a pastor or a priest or whoever, I would want to make sure that nobody could say, when this pandemic is over, uh, Kenneth Copeland did not do everything that he could have to um, prevent people from contracting this disease and dying of you it. Know? And I believe that a lot of... The vast majority of people <clears throat> that are churchgoers I mean, let's be real honest, organized religion is, is fading, it's dying. It'll be, there'll be a revival now during these troubled times, but it's only because people don't have answers and solutions regarding the pandemic and they're feeling hardships, so they're turning to something and, and good for them. They want to turn to God. But um, religion is kind of, organized religion is, is waning. And so my point is, there's a lot of old-timers that go to church. You really want your 70- or 80-year-old grandparent uh, sitting in a pew next to, you know, or in, going and sitting in a chorus, among a chorus, Hitting their all their octaves and singing Christmas carols, killing each other with this pass around this virus. I don't. I just. I think that people. I'm really disappointed in people, and I'm trying to maintain my own humility. As mentioned yesterday, talking about the ego, and some people don't really even know what that is. They think this guy's got a huge ego. That means like. You think it's all about you, like it's all about. We see the seeing the world how we are through our uh, colored, you know, through our own eyes, our own lens. We see the world like somebody sees the world through rose-colored glasses. I think everything everything is positive, right? Or this is the way I see it. it what there's, what a person is saying is that they literally have their point of view that they're entitled to and it's colored by their every experience but it's not their reality is so subjective it's based upon nature and nurture how you were born how you were raised genetic predispositions societal social uh, you know environmental predispositions Epigenetic predispositions, things that are in your genes, in your instruction manual of your cells, of your neurons. This is how you're programmed to think, not to mention the day-to-day programming we do, as I've discussed in the media and so on and so forth. Um, So I've been having some good, good conversations with people about all this these restrictions are going to affect, how are they going to affect me in an egoic way? Well, it could scare people so that they feel like they're not going to keep their appointments and come in my office. Um, It could, even though we're essential personnel, and that as long as people are in pain, it's fine for them to come in. But, you know, do I have somebody, I had somebody coming in, called the office yesterday or today and said, hey, my back is killing me. It's really hurting. I need to get in. Person's eighty, so they're coming in tomorrow, and I am going to make sure everything is spick and span and ready for this person to come in and be served and be taken care of and and be sanitized and sent off on their way with a clear conscience. Because I want to help this person, not hurt them, and I believe that we can we can operate safely. We have. But that's a concern you know my business my family so it means my kids are not going to be able to engage in extracurricular activities for a while my daughter is a cheerleader she's a really good cheerleader just had her first competition with a new organization she's been training hard with i anticipate she's haven't she hasn't arrived at home yet she's heading home soon from practice and the gym owners and coaches are going to tell have told them, had a long conversation, probably emotional, that, hey, we need to close up for a couple weeks and go on Zoom. You know, this is what they're going to have to do. And it's going to suck. It's going to sting. It's going to be unfortunate. People are going to question it. They're going to talk about how their their children deserve better and what are we doing all this for? And Is it all worth it? And what about this this... Uh, governor, who's making all these decisions and hurting us, when ironically he's trying to help us. I, I just hope people can see that, can understand that. Um, quite a few don't seem to get it. Now, as usual, th- there's a la- uh, a vocal minority of individuals who will create a conspiracy theory or ascribe to it and pass it around. And um, again, you see them, they stick out like a sore thumb, while the majority of people are hanging out at home, putting masks on, and trying to to be responsible. They understand that, yes, pandemics have happened before, and they have been deadly at things like the... The Spanish Flu of 1918, and the Bubonic Plague, and SARS, and MERS, and, uh, did I say the Bubonic Plague? You know, uh, Ring Around the Rosy Pocket Full of posy, Ashes, Ashes, We All Fall Down. Fucking songs written about pandemics that devastated smallpox that killed fucking 90% of the Native Americans. Um... Things like malaria and cholera and uh, Ebola, you know these, and there uh, Zika virus. There, there are critters out there that are lurking, and they, if given an opportunity, out of no malicious intent whatsoever, they will strike. They will multiply, and they'll try to carve out a nice cozy niche in our society and feed off of us. And they'll always be around, yes. virus is not going away completely, but we, we need to... Uh, we can't sit by while, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of Americans die. And it, you know, tears through our retirement communities and our hospitals and, I mean... The people that are in these hospitals, the the nurses and the doctors and the clinicians, they'll they'll tell you how bad this is, and how bad that it could—it's getting, how scary it could be. And so, the people who thought that this is going to go away, they were mistaken. And you can't—you almost can't blame them for thinking, "Ah, this is going to be nothing. I can shrug this off as long as you're." got a strong immune system, you're going to be okay probably, I'm not taking no vaccine, like you can almost forgive people for thinking like that up front, but once you know, once you look into it and really study it, you see what the data represent, and more importantly, you're touched by it in your own life, your own family, your own community, people are affected by this, it's a big deal. And it could get worse, and it is right now. As predicted, we knew that the second wave of this was going to be pretty bad. Nobody wants it. As stated, I've had people calling up my office and telling me, "Hey, I got a quarantine for two weeks. I may have been exposed. I'm, uh, you know, I, I tested positive." So people are aware now, and people are scared. And I think it's a a brilliant an appropriate response of anybody who's been diagnosed or thinks that they've been exposed to get tested, to quarantine, to behave responsibly, to be fearful and to be careful about how they're going to live their lives. But there are some who are not doing this. Case in point, um, <laughs> there's this freaking health food store in the, in my town, the town where I my office is. Guy runs it Nice guy, been around forever. I'd consider him a friend. But he's fucking got a few screws loose. All right. Heard outrageous claims about, you know, like you, you ascribe to a vegan lifestyle and juice kale and 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 drink banana smoothies and shit that that that's it and you're gonna be fine and that's where your health comes from and I just watched a video. The guy is describing how many bowel movements he had. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five. But I thought he said he had five, but that that language implies six. He's telling me how many bowel movements he had. Which, you know, I understand that sometimes icky things, you know, or people, it has been said that our, our health comes from our gut, our ability to process the foods that uh, we consume and incorporate them into our body. I understand nutrition. Um, I'm on board with eating healthier, and Americans eat like shit. Uh, We could all use a a kale shake, absolutely. But to say that you don't need, there's an implication that the only thing that you need to do to fight this virus and for your general health is to eat these kinds of foods, and it's just not true. You could have a, a strong immune system, and you could contract this virus or have a, uh, exposure to a sufficient viral load that you get really, really sick. And if you survive it, which you are likely to, you could have long-term consequences. There are, is some evidence of cardiac uh, morbidities, you know, so prob- heart problems, liver problems, c- blood clots, you, know, you can affect the circulation, the blood circulating throughout your body then you can affect every system, every cell, tissue, organ, and system. And so uh, the consequences could be a lot more far-reaching. We could be under- underestimating this virus, and the long-term sequelae from it, the effects of it long-term, could be very, very scary and far more than we, we, we think, even at the present time. We know that there are some, some other um, effects, some morbidities that occur, and we might learn more. So, this guy's saying he has five bowel movements a day. Hats off to you, bro. They're anti-maskers, okay, debaters, and reportedly are having a meeting this weekend we're gonna tell you about the Constitutional Law Association of the United States, or whatever the fuck the organization is. A bunch of lawyers, or whatever, that believe that our rights are being violated, uh, relative business closures and restrictions. And here's a, a form that you can use, where a, it's a mask waiver form, so you don't need to wear a mask. You know, why would you not wear? The question is, why would you not wear a mask? Why would you not want to protect the people to your left and right? It's a small gesture that you can ascribe to. And that could maybe save somebody's life, maybe prevent passing something on. It's like, you know, how far are you going to go? You're going to you're you going to sneeze without covering your mouth. You know, you're going to not wash your hands, you know, how far are you going to go to prove that you have the right to do whatever? Are you going to infringe on my rights on, on, on my my personal space and expose me inadvertently. You know? This guy's a fucking wackadoodle, man. Tune in for shit like this. I guarantee the news is coming to catch this on tape. First, it was a bar <clears throat> that has remained open despite restrictions. And now bars are going to close down for a period. This bar is not does not intend to do so. So... What are they going to do to them? Well, the health department, uh, liquor control boards probably going to come by and uh, you're going to cite them and close them down eventually, or they're going to outright close their doors. I mean, we certainly don't want to give the appearance that we are forcefully, um, you know, the cops are coming in and closing um, businesses down. But you know, if you are, if you are doing stupid shit and it affects you only, then have at it. But if you're getting out there, if you're going to drink and be an alcoholic and sit in your home and fucking booze it up and kill yourself eventually, okay, well, that's your right. It's your body, your health. You're not affecting me. But if you get in a car and you drive, that's why we have laws against drunk driving. Because you can be acting irresponsibly Inhibitions lowered All fucking loopy And you can go out there and you can kill somebody Happens all the time, every day Drunk driving You know Death by auto, shit like that Not to mention the social implications Of addictive behavior and all that stuff To which we've all Ascribed to one degree Or another Um Anyway, that's just an analogy. But if you're going to act irresponsibly with your health, then that's your prerogative. But if you're going to expose, literally in this case, other people by an act irresponsibly, your, uh, your irresponsibility is going to trickle down to other people, then that is criminal. Okay, And we're so unfamiliar with this scenario that people, they just don't fucking get it. You're going to have a meeting about how we shouldn't have to wear masks and we shouldn't have to close our businesses down. Well, the science of it is suggesting that this is why it would be a good idea for us to socially distance and wear masks and wash our hands. Why would anybody stand in the way of the science, of logic, of things that we can mathematically record? Like, it's not a mistake. At the very least... Here's a, we live in a time where it's probably a good idea to take extra precautions and avoid people getting exposed and sick. You know, how would you feel if somebody that, if you could prevent it, if you could prevent um, injury to another party, would you? Have you and are you right now? And so I had a little debate, but I listened, uh, uh. I've been, I told you I've been getting tested every week. So, somebody said, well, I don't think that's a great idea because some of the testing might not be positive and or it might, it might not be accurate and you could still have it. You can catch it the next moment. So, you know, you, you need to get tested without symptoms. The fact of the matter, so the question is, is the testing too much? So, they're saying, well, oh, well, the testing might be too much. Well, the th- problem is, don't you want to know if you have this? If you were getting together with people who could be vulnerable, children, young people, old people, friends, family, would you be okay? You're okay just leaving it to chance and, and, and taking um, the objectivity out of it, taking the, uh, the only means we have to determine whether or not we've been exposed or that we are currently have an active infection. Like we don't know enough. Well, strike that. We do know enough, but the testing has not been widespread enough. I feel, I feel like we should have a means to track this, and the, the contact tracing is not impressive at all. As per the book that I read, Apollo's Arrow, it has not really been happening. Certainly not in the way that that you would expect, you know, the number one industrialized, technologically, scientifically advanced nation in the world. Um, You wouldn't expect, you would expect a much better response. So we're not testing it enough. We're not tracking it enough. We're not taking, we're learning. Granted, I saw they, they backed up, you know, to do quarantine for 14 days. Now it's seven days. And you get a test. Listen, all I know is I'm trying to do the right thing. I like that I can tell somebody I'm keeping track. I'm trying to do... It might be an act in futility. Uh, There might be some... The testing might turn out being false. I could have it right now, but you don't know what you got. You don't know what you got right now. Like, don't you feel better that you're going to a doctor who, given our close proximity, I am taking your health and my own seriously and saying, I want to be co- i am cognizant. I'm cognizant of the possibility that I could contract this and pass it along. Therefore, I'm trying to do the right things. This is opposed to This is as opposed to just tossing care to the wind and saying, ah, fuck it. I'm not going to wear the masks. Um, Masks don't work. No, they fucking do work. All right? And they're the best thing we got right now. Social distancing, ah, it's a bunch of bullshit. You don't have to do this. You don't have to close your business. Well, I do object to anybody trying to close my business. But as long as I'm doing operating effectively and safely... I, there should be no reason to close my business but if I found out today that hey you know i'm I'm doing more harm than good or I'm be'm I'm practicing unsafely or whatever I mean how would you feel about somebody a business if you found out the person that was serving you fucking food like this health food store that first of all the guy's bragging about how many bowel movements he takes a day which I actually think is funny and amusing in some way but he's telling endorsing people not wearing masks and not social distancing. It's just stupid. It's it's the other end of the spectrum. It's it's illogical, it's irresponsible, and it's ignorant. You know why there is a debate? Why why there is an argument at all about how you know that we should be behaving responsibly. Yeah. I mean, I, there's just not, you know. We need to to do the right things at this moment, and we need to trust for one moment, you know. Just trust in our leaders that they that they're trying, that they care. You know, listen, hear them out. You know, I don't think that anybody's. I think people, half the people, probably don't even fucking really listen to the press conference where they announce this shit. They just hear, oh, they shut us down again. So, anyway. This is the sort of stuff that has uh, grabbed my attention today. It was a good day. I don't mean to be fiery uh, in my in my podcasting. I most certainly do, um, care about everyone, and I honor everyone's opinion, as long as it's measured, as long as there's some sort of evidence that people will, will hold up and say, yeah, this is why I'm behaving the way I am. But the fact of the matter is we need to take care of one another. This is not about us. It's about all of us. And we need to measure twice and cut fucking once man can't be doing stupid shit you're dealing with other people's health and well-being you know I'm not paranoid about catching the coronavirus I certainly don't want it I'm aware that it would it would set up a cascade of events that would have me probably living in my basement for two weeks and I felt the way that this virus um it makes you just uh, the the suggestion of it, the hint of it, suggest. Uh, it makes you not want to to engage with people. You know, I don't hug my wife as much. I don't kiss my kids as much. When there's a scare or somebody was exposed at school or something like that, somebody you know, you don't. You're not as intimate. You're not as as close with people. You're wary. I don't like that it does that. That it makes us even more wary about our neighbors and our contacts and our friends and how we should behave and how we should um, live our lives. I don't like that. It feels uncomfortable to me. It feels wrong. But I also have to measure my impulse to fight that with just a reality check, like what's really going on, with well, the basic understanding of biology, virology, how this thing works, why it's it's acting this way, why it's having this effect, that this has happened before, we've had these experiences from time to time, I mean, this is not our fucking little sandbox that we can arrange our toys in the way we like. And not have the rain coming down and the winds come in and blow it all over, or some bully come in and step on your sandcastle. This is this is the real world, man. And there's a lot of things we can't control, so we need to figure out how to fight back. I'm all for that. By the god, there's some dumb motherfuckers. It's actually a little bit funny and amusing. I'm going to be tuning into some of the things that are happening locally and checking out how people are responding. It definitely tweaks people out. It makes people act funny. I have a friend who I'm thinking of right now, one of my Marine buddies. Is, you know, I'm a humorous guy. I'm always trying to make people laugh. I drop some profanity. I do my uh, Snapchat characters and all that stuff. Everything's a joke to me. But I'm actually a very serious guy underneath all that. I try to be sensible and all that, but um, my one buddy, yeah he'll he starts to get wacky and posting really crazy inappropriate things and you could tell that it's you know even though a lot of the posts are um, they're out of character a little bit. they're contrived, they're exaggerated. And sometimes they get him in trouble, get him thrown off Facebook or whatever for however long a month. And then he's back. But it's almost like a poking of the bear, like, uh uh-huh, you know, I'm I'm stressed, so I'm gonna act out a little bit. You know. Like the way a child would act out. And a lot of us are doing this. I mean I do it a little bit. Carving wood is the only thing keeping me sane at this point. And as I explained to my confidant at the office, um, I'm positive because I have a way, an outlet to help people. Like if you're if you're feeling like your hands are tied and you can't control the world and horrible things are happening, you can't do anything about it. You're really stressed, and then you're gonna you're gonna be angry all the time. I'm happy because. I have the opportunity to put a smile on people's faces and to talk to them and to help them. And that's what I do. And so I've never left that office feeling anything less than happy and fulfilled and because you make people feel good. So I'm fortunate to be able to do that for a living. And uh, anyway, that's what I got for today, my friends. Um, Serious stuff, but real you know this is what's going on so i figured i'd share that with you everybody stay motivated